Hey, good morning. Oh my gosh, it sounds so good. Hey, I'm thankful that we could be in worship together today. It is a good day to be praising God. Amen. Hey, well, I got to tell you, I'm really excited for what Tim was talking about and what we're talking about throughout this summer, but talking about getting beyond our walls. We've got the church has left the building happening on June 26th. All right. The church is leaving the building on June 26th, and this is going to be an awesome opportunity for all of us to be able to link arms and help live love in our community. As Tim was talking about, to do whatever it takes to help them experience the love of God. And so we've got tons of different service projects that you can be a part of, uh, you know, whether you have limited, limited mobility or if you've got little kids or older kids or if it's just you or your life group. I want to invite you today, do not leave this place without signing up. We've got signups happening right outside. You can also do it from your phone. That's how easy it is. But there's a lot of different projects, and it's going to be a great time. And I'm excited for what God is going to do in and through the church has left the building that day, what he's going to do in and through each of us and the lives that are going to be impacted on the other side of that. God's got some awesome plans for Northwest Columbus, and I'm thankful that we get to be a part of that together. And I'm thankful that we get to be in this series together called Beyond Our Walls, where each week we are taking a look at different passages of Scripture and we're asking ourselves and we're filtering our lives through this and asking what walls are present in my life or in our lives. And so like with week one and two, you know, Mark was talking about a lot of the, the personal walls that we might experience or how we need to go and be the church rather than people coming and seeing the church. And even last week with Noah sharing about loving your neighbor seriously. It was really good, by the way. Thank you, Noah, for that word. I appreciate that. It was really good. It was a great reminder. I think I mean, for all of us, and, and, and myself included, so thank you for sharing that word. But I'm excited for this series, and I'm excited for it because this, I think, is something that God has placed on our church's heart at the right season to be able to be thinking about how we can be the church beyond our walls. And uh, personally, I'm also excited about it because I'm the outreach and communications pastor, and so it kind of is... It's, it should be one of the things that I'm excited about, so I'm excited for that. But uh, I want to let you know, in case you were wondering where I was the past couple of weeks, I was with my family. Yeah, and we were enjoying the beach. It was really good. Uh, we got to put our toes in the sand a little bit and slow down. I'm reminded last week of, um, well, being away, but a, a quote that Mark had shared last summer that was a change of pace and a change of space equals a change of perspective. And being able to slow down and do those things, one, I'm incredibly grateful for that because I got to spend some awesome time with my family and with my kids. Uh, but it was just great to be able to let my, you know, my, my thoughts kind of disconnect from some things. But coming back fresh with a brand new perspective, uh, but I'll tell you one thing that's not changed about my perspective. I love my home. I love my city. I love Columbus, Ohio. There's a lot of great things in our city. Like we are just a couple minutes away driving from the church, which is super. We're like five minutes from any gas station, grocery store, any restaurant possible. But I tell you, as much as I enjoyed the beach, there's just something very comforting about being at home. You know what I'm saying? You ever get antsy like that last day of vacation? You're either, you know, anxious about the travel back home, or maybe you're anxious about having to get accustomed to sleeping in a different place again, and then you finally make it home, and you're like, thank you, God, for my bed. 
Thank you, Lord. Can I get a witness? Come on. And to be able to come home and enjoy sleeping in that beautiful mattress that God had provided for you, okay? Or being able to have a shower in your own shower, consistent water pressure and temperature. I know, I, I tell you what, on the, uh, never mind, I'm, I'll, I'll do a Yelp review later, but on the way back, I'm just thankful that we were able to, to get home quickly so we could sleep in our own beds and uh, shower in our own showers. But there's just something so comfortable and familiar about being home. And, you know, if I'm not careful about that, and if we're not careful about that, our comfort can make us do some crazy things. Our comfort can create complacency. And I'm guilty of this. You know, it's easy for me, and I have to be able to ask myself this question, you know, what walls are present in my life, but how am I getting too comfortable? You know, when I'm at home, our family tends to eat at a lot of the same places uh, because we know there are certain menus that we like. We know that this place has chicken fingers and cheeseburgers for our kids, but personally, I like to eat certain things. I like predictability and familiarity in my schedule. I know I've shared that before. I like bringing order to the chaos of my life, and being able to control some of these things helps bring some comfort to me. You know, or I think about my typical routine. I go, uh, I wake up every morning, do my devotional, go to the gym. I go and work during the week, and then I come home, we do our thing, and then I'll sit down and probably watch a lot of the same things over and over again. Uh, if it's not uh, Frozen 2, <laughs> it's probably The Office. What? You guys are going to respond to Frozen 2 more than The Office? <laughs> Come on, I tell you, Michael Scott, every, everybody has a manager like the managers on The Office. If you sat down and you kind of figure it out, you definitely have somebody in your life. And that's great writing for great entertainment. But I just want to let you know there's something, Roger, don't, don't, okay? But there's something just so comforting, familiar about being able to watch a lot of these same things. But if I'm not careful, I'll let my comfort make me, come, make me become complacent. And maybe you can relate to you know, you go to a lot of the same places, uh, either because they've got an awesome menu or they've got a great vibe to there, or it's in a great part of town. You know, you might stick to places that are close to home because they're safe and they're familiar, you know? Or your schedule is so full of awesome and really good things. You've got time with God, time with family, and time with friends, but outside of that, there's not a whole lot of margin to meet any needs that might arise in your community. You know, say your neighbor really needed some help. Well, you're too busy. You got to take the kids to soccer, you know? Or how about this? Uh, speaking of things that are familiar and comfortable and routine, uh, just quick show of hands. If you're sitting in your place this morning, raise your hand. There's no, there's no guilt. Come on, I appreciate, I appreciate it. So I'm preaching to myself. I like to sit in a lot of the same places and have a lot of the same routine. But if we are not careful, our comfort will create complacency. And so we need to be able to get beyond our walls of comfort. And we need to be able to be the church to our community. And so today I'm going to talk about serving our city and how that's going to happen beyond the walls of our own comfortability. Okay? You ready for this? Okay, let's take a moment, let's pray, let's continue to invite God into this place in space this morning and that he would continue to speak through us today, all right?
Heavenly Father, I pray today that you would continue to move and stir in this place today. Uh, we thank you for the, the shining sun and the opportunity for us to be able to meet together, where, whether we're in person or online, but we're anxious, God, for what you are going to do in and through our church and in and through each of us. So I pray, God, that you would uh, move today, that you would stir in hearts, and that you would uh, help us to not just hear what it is uh, that you have to say this morning, but that we would respond accordingly. We love you, and we thank you. And it's in your son's holy and precious name we pray. Amen. Okay, so today, talking about serving our city, and when I think about this tension that we live in, about being comfortable and being able to reach our city, uh, the passage Jeremiah 29 comes to mind. Uh, Jeremiah 29 is full of lots of great verses. There's the one that most people probably know by heart, which is Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, or declares the Lord, a, you know, plans for a hope and for a future. We're going to be looking at a few verses before that. So if you've got your Bibles, I want to encourage you to open them up, tap to it if you've got your phone. Uh, you might want to create some space to take some notes today. But we're going to be looking at chapter 29, starting in verse 5. And some context here is that God is telling Jeremiah to write this letter to his people who are in exile. And so this is God telling his people, and he's telling us today to be able to listen to these words. Build homes and plan to stay. Plant gardens and eat the food they produce. Marry and have children. Then find spouses for them so that you may have many grandchildren. Multiply and do not dwindle away. That sounds pretty nice, like being able to take root in your community, build a house, establish yourself, grow your family, plant gardens, eat good food, enjoy the fruits of your labor. Don't dwindle away. But if we just stop there at the end of verse 6, we're going to be missing out. So he continues by saying, in work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. So don't just take care of yourself. You got to take care of your city. We need to work for the peace and prosperity of our city, and we need to pray for its welfare. It's not just enough for us to establish ourselves, to take root, and basically make things more comfortable for ourselves. We need to start thinking about, praying about, being concerned with our city. So when we read these verses, what can we learn from them? I think the first is this, okay? Building God's kingdom happens outside the walls of our kingdom. Building God's kingdom happens outside the walls of our kingdom. And so we have to, uh, we have to develop a kingdom mindset right? Kingdom. I'm talking capital K kingdom, God's kingdom. We have to develop this kingdom mindset and start thinking beyond the what's in it for me or how does this establish my kingdom. We're no longer concerned with uh, taking care of our homes and our gardens and our families and our grandkids and all these things. We are thinking about God's kingdom, which is far greater than our own 
far greater than our own kingdom. So we need to be able to get beyond the walls of our little capital, excuse me, lowercase k kingdom and get to the capital K kingdom. Be, be thinking about it with a kingdom mindset. Okay, so let me ask you this. When you think about our city, when you think about the city of Columbus, what comes to mind? Cowtown? Okay, right on. Uh, but more, I, I, Buckeyes, okay. OH. All right, that was a test. Good job. You all passed. Uh, but just thinking about that now, you know, when you think about those things, that's, uh, that's all well and good, but do you think about the things that are on God's heart when you think of our city? When you think about Northwest Columbus, do you think about the things that breaks God's heart? And I'm talking more than just like a Buckeye loss, which doesn't happen very often. But I'm saying like, are you able to be concerned about the things that are on God's heart when you think of our city? I'll tell you, as great as the city of Columbus is, and I, like I said, I love Columbus. There's lots of fun things to do, beautiful places around here, great places to eat. It's a smart city. You know, there's lots of great innovation that happens here and amazing things that happen in our city. But I also am reminded of tremendous need within our city. And thinking about human trafficking, hunger, domestic violence, opioid abuse, homelessness. These are all just a few things that are very telling of our welfare as a city. So I'll, I'll dive into some statistics here for you. Our state ranks number four in human trafficking within the nation. Number four. And Columbus, Ohio is a hotbed for it because, you know, we're so close to commerce and transit and we're always shipping things. So it starts here, and we're number four in the nation. There's nearly 20,000 people within our city, just within our city, that struggle with homelessness. Nearly two million people across the state of Ohio are facing hunger. They can't put food on their table. Their kids go to school without food. And while these are very telling of the welfare of our state and of our city, here's one that I want to give you. If you take all of these things, people suffering, people dealing with this type of loss, grieving through these situations, recent census data would suggest that only 12% of our city is churched. 12%. That means 12% of our city would profess faith in Jesus Christ. To give you an idea of what 12% looks like, that's about as many people that will fit in the horseshoe on a Saturday. 12%. That means the other 88%, the people who are still wrestling with these things like homelessness and hunger and human trafficking, the other 88% do not have the same hope that you and I profess each and every day, the hope that we were singing about this morning. And so these things are absolutely on the heart of God because there are people who are far from him, who need hope, who need healing, who need restoration that can only be found in him. And so building God's kingdom will happen beyond the walls of our kingdom. I think the second thing that we can learn from this passage of scripture is this, real growth begins 
when our comfort zones end. If we think about what God is calling his people to do in this passage, what he's calling us to do, to get established, to develop community, to grow, to multiply, to enjoy the fruit of your labor. If we stop there at the end of verse 6, we're missing out on an entire area, an entire spectrum of life that God has created for us to experience. You know, when we talk about experiencing life to the fullest, we're talking about belonging, being a part of Christ-centered community and believing, growing in our relationship with God. But if we only do those two things, we're missing out. God desires to do so much in and through us when we serve together. And one of the ways that we can do that is by getting beyond our walls, getting beyond our comfort zones and serving together. You know, it's when we do these things that God starts to sow into the character of each of us, something so special and so powerful. When we start praying and earnestly praying for the needs of our city, when we start praying for its welfare, God grows our heart. So we're no longer just concerned with our own comfort and the, and the things that will bring only us peace or establish our kingdoms. We're now starting to think about the needs of others before ourselves. And so he grows our hearts and he, he will expand our capacity for compassion so that when we are going about our day, spending time with God and our family and friends and we're driving to the next thing, whether it's a soccer game or Girl Scouts or whatever it might be, and you see somebody in need, you can show compassion. You can stop. You can see that need and meet that need. And so he's going to grow us and stretch us and weave this into each of us. But if we fail to get beyond our comfort zones, we will miss out on this entire part of our lives that God desires for us. Remember in verse 7, pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine yours. So the welfare of our cities, the welfare of the places that we live in, the communities, will determine our welfare as well. These things are on God's heart for us to be able to experience. They're important because it's his desire for us to be able to experience these things, for us to be able to, to grow and to, to be able to be his hands and his feet right where we are. And so if we're not careful, we will miss this entire part of our lives as followers of Christ. And so I want to encourage you today and challenge you today. Don't miss that. It's critical for us. Take note of this. How we love our city is a reflection of how we love God. This might be the most important thing for some of us to hear today. How we love our city is a reflection of how we love God. Straight from the mouth of Jesus, Jesus shares, For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you? 
or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and gave you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And then the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. You see, when we're serving our city, we are serving Christ. We're serving Christ. We're not out there doing these things to build ourselves up, puff ourselves up, and we're also not doing it in vain. When we are at a shelter feeding people, yes, we're feeding hungry people, but we are feeding Christ. We are giving him nourishment. When we are out there handing bottles of water to runners at a park, we're not just giving them a bottle of water. We are giving our Lord a refreshing drink. When we sit and we write cards to people who are shut-ins, when we're writing cards to uh, you know, our EMS workers, being grateful for their service. We are being grateful for the service that Christ has had for us and he continues to have for us. So I want to remind you that when we serve our city, we are serving our God. It is a reflection of how we love God. And so I want to encourage you today to remember to step beyond the walls of your own kingdom, to get beyond your comfort zones, because real growth will happen at the end of our comfort zones. And if we fail to do this, James has a very stark warning for us. And he, has, he, he talks about this danger of what it's like to stay within the confines of our own kingdom, behind the walls of comfort. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and say, goodbye, have a great day, stay warm, and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? To say it another way, James is saying faith without works is dead. And he's not saying it like we're doing this to earn our salvation. Because that's the good news about the good news. Amen? Amen. Because there's nothing that you or I could do to earn that beautiful and precious gift of grace that God extends to us through his son, Jesus Christ. No, what he is saying is this. If we have this faith and it's not evident in the fruit of our work, then what good is it? What good is it? If we know of the overwhelming power of God's love for you and me, how could we allow the other 167 hours of our week to not be filled with his love to the world? How can we sit around idly and allow that to happen? How are we not moved or compelled by that? The good news is that God so loved the world, that he sent his only son, that all who would believe in him would not perish, but would have eternal life. The world, all, it's not just a, he sent him for, for Kyle, sent him for George, for Carl, 
for Morgan, everybody. He sent his son for all of us so that all who would believe in him would not perish but would have eternal life. And so this is so important, I think, for us in this season and beyond to remember is that we need to put our faith into action. We need to be able to get beyond our walls of comfortability, beyond our kingdom, and start being about God's kingdom. So let me ask you this. What walls are present in your life? I'll tell you personally, I tend to fall behind that wall of comfort. Comfort and fear. Those are the two things that hold me back more often than not. But in light of this question, what can you do today to get beyond your walls? There's two things that I want to encourage you with in this. The first is this, work for the prosperity of our city. This is probably the most practical, practical application you will ever get. Pretty straightforward, but work for the prosperity of your city. We have an opportunity. Again, I, uh, we're going to be talking about it for the next couple of weeks, and we're going to go and do this together. But the church has left the building is an awesome opportunity for us to be able to be about the work of the church. And this is a catalyst for us to be able to be able to sow this into the DNA and the fabric of our church so that every person understands that we want to help people experience life to the fullest, that they can experience the love of God in a very real and tangible way. And so we've got a number of projects that you can be a part of, but I want to encourage you. This is something that will take all of us to be able to do together, to be able to have this kind of impact. So if you've not signed up, I'm going to encourage you, we've got signups out in the lobby. We do it online. So there's that. Work for the peace and prosperity of our city. And the second is this. Pray. I'm already praying for the impact that will be made that day. The impact that will be made in all of your lives and through your lives and the lives of others. Through some of these simple but intentional acts of kindness. I'm praying for the impact that will be made for our city as a whole. And I'm praying for what God will continue to do on the other side of that too. So I'm going to encourage you to pray. Pray for the day. Pray for the project that you could sign up for. Or if you're here today and you're probably thinking to yourself, this is not the way the church should be on a Sunday. You're right. Church shouldn't be like this on a Sunday. It should be like this every day. Every day. If we just allow this to be a once a week for one hour, how do we expect to fulfill the great commission and the great commandment, which is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Thank you, Noah, again, for that. Okay? So we've got those two things. They are inseparable. But if we allow it to stay here, how are we able to go into all the world and make disciples? How are we supposed to share the love of God each and every day? It's really hard if we only do it today, you know? So I want to encourage you, if that's a wall in your life or around your heart, pray about that. Pray that God would break through that wall and that he would allow you to be used by him 
to make an impact in the life of somebody else that day. But I am excited about this. I don't know about you, but I am pumped. I think this is going to be a great day, and I'm expecting great things that day. I love being able to hear stories from people who get beyond their comfort zones and share about their experience. I got a text from somebody once who had gone to one of our partners and said, this was the most fulfilling thing ever. Like they had gone to help meet a need at one of our partners who has, has a finger on the pulse of the needs and the welfare of our city. And they had gone to do a very simple thing, which was serve a meal. And they text and they said, so fulfilling. See, God wants to do something amazing in and through you. And so I want to encourage you to imagine what this truth would look like when we live it out together. Imagine the impact that will be made when we all roll up our sleeves and we go out into the community to be able to love our city and serve our city well. Remember that stat that I told you, 12% of our city is churched. Imagine if we were able to have a 1% or a 2% impact on that, to be able to, to say with confidence the next census that comes out. Because of your faithfulness, 13 14% of our city is churched. Think about that. You go from 106,000 and some change to 116 or 124,000. To have 20,000 lives impacted for the gospel, imagine the hope that somebody else will be able to experience because of your faithful obedience to what God has called you to do, to get beyond your walls of comfort and to love and to serve your city well. You excited? Come on. I'm excited for what God's going to do that day. So in a moment, we're going to have an opportunity to be able to respond but I'm going to take this time to be able to pray for each of us, myself included, for what God's going to do. And so I want to invite you to pray with me today. And Father, today I pray that you would continue to move in and through this place, that you would stir in us and that you would help us to realize the overwhelming love that you have for each of us. And not just those in this room or those that are watching online, but every single person in the world and help us to not just take that for granted and sit back but God move us compel us to, to step forward in faith in you remove the walls that are standing in our way from stepping out in faith to what you've called us to do God help us to do it with boldness and confidence and Father I pray for all of our hearts that we would be able to continue to experience in new ways your love and that we're able to share that with others God we are thankful for your son Jesus Christ for the powerful and precious gift that he is it's in his name that we pray amen